The NFL Combine's coming up this week, so this is our last chance to get a few of our favorite rookies where they pick up some steam for looking great, having great athletic scores. We are already in a draft room and Underdog's Big Board. Of course, another week here of drafts. Draft number 20 for me on the year on February 26th, uh, 2024. It's a leap year, though, so we got an extra February day of drafts. Excited to hop in here, excited to draft some rookies, and I get the Influencer 101, ironically going against my, my very influential podcast partner, Pete Overzet. Uh, who is crushing the views for us right now. What do we do here? I think a fun thing today, of course, we did zero RB on Friday. I think today's a running back appreciation day. And how could you do a running back appreciation day without Christian McCaffrey, a man who I think uh, we could nickel and dime a lot of running backs out there. Of course, we always talk about running backs, fragility of the position, how the positions basically become like a tight end for the most part over the last few seasons where uh, running backs for the most part, fungible pieces, you can get as good of a guy late as you are going to get one early. We even saw that last year where Kyron Williams, uh, Kyron Williams of course, won people leagues, won people best ball tournaments, uh, going as an 18th round pick, a 20th round pick, and some of those bigger drafts out there. So that's the thing that we can, of course, say and continue to beat into the ground about running backs here. But with running backs, I do think there are a handful of guys this year in particular, let's say the top seven or so running backs um, in a 2024 ADP draft right now that I think that they look okay. I don't mind Christian McCaffrey. I'm obviously not going to take him a ton necessarily, not going to hopefully get a lot of 101s. And if I do, I'll probably be at around 8 to 10% McCaffrey. Don't imagine I'll go crazy on him. But I think he's worth that 8% field matching exposure. I think Brees Hall, I don't love when he's going at the 102. I don't love when he's going at the 103. I think he's worth that 8% matching the field exposure. Uh, Kyron Williams, I think he's worth it, especially going as a second rounder right now where you're absorbing a little bit of risk on the fact they bring in a pass catching back, maybe somebody that could take five to 10 touches a game away from him. Uh, Kyron Williams, uh, excuse me, not Kyron Williams, Jameer Gibbs, the man of the thumbnail. Another guy who I think there are some concerns about the goal line work going David Montgomery's way. David Montgomery, more of that traditional running back who can get you yardage through the tackles, um, inside the tackles. But I think that for Jameer Gibbs, there's a shot Montgomery gets hurt, another year of age for him. And there's a shot, too, that Gibbs just has outlier days putting up you know, 200 combined yards through the air and through the ground and breaking some long touchdowns. I think that's an outcome for him that looks okay. So this year, more than any, there really aren't a lot of top running backs I hate. So that's the way I'll start off our first running back appreciation day here on Splash Play. But I would say that for me this year, I really object a lot less to these guys everywhere. Bijan, we didn't talk about him going to the seventh spot. Uh, the hope he's mentioned already. He wants to get to 2000 all purpose yards for himself. I think by said rushing yards, but I think, you know, combined rushing and receiving probably a better shot for him, but he wants to get 2000 yards. Uh, if he brings over the workload that the Rams had last year, where uh, they're bringing over the Rams offensive coordinator or Rams uh, QB coach is going to be their offensive coordinator now, rather for Atlanta. Uh, you could see, you know, Bijan Robinson getting a Kyron Williams level workload. I think that he's a guy who's perfectly okay at ADP as well. Uh, when we get to the Saquon range, I'm appreciating running backs a bit less. I think your your hope for Saquon is he lands a really nut potential landing spot in free agency, a team that does not keep up with advanced analytics and goes, yeah, let's keep giving Saquon 25 touches a game and also giving him you know a lot of goal line work in particular on a team that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, that's Saquon's out. But all these guys going in the first round here, McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, I think they're a good anchor running back. I still probably don't want to go by modal. Don't want two early running backs. Uh, but in this build on RB Appreciation Day, who knows? Maybe we take one more. There we go. That's my opening soliloquy about running backs. Must be nice to get 101. I have one share in 60 drafts. Jason, you might I, you might not watch a lot of streams here. I think this is actually the first 101 I've had <laughs> on stream. Uh, maybe there's one more, but I have not got a lot of McCaffrey, so have no fear. I am definitely... Uh, 
I'm definitely not <laughs> crushing in the one ones Last year, I was above average. I almost had 2x the field in one ones uh, This year, so far, uh, deeply underneath. Let's do a stream with you, Bindles, and Troy. I, though, I forgot that Gamblestein and Tyler have a feud going on. Because Tyler uh, did a stream with Bindles. Did two streams last week that are not Splash Play streams. Uh, one with our guys, Bindles and Tyler. Of course, two great parts of the community here. I very, very much appreciate having a chat on the regular. And also one with Neil Orfield. So if you want some extra best ball content, if Pete being back in the best ball streets, Pete Overzet, of course, check his first uh, draft stream of the year that might still be going on right now. Um, lots of stuff starting to emerge here. So it's now just not a one spag show in the world of obsessive best ball streaming. you got a lot of options out there to, to spend your YouTube viewership hours on. Gamblestein, I think we know. I think we know when you call somebody Troy deliberately. Come on. <laughs> We're all adults here. I know what adults do. Um, adults like to make love and they like to <laughs> give passive aggressive remarks about one another. There are two things that I know about adults. They also love wine. Three things about adults you can take to the bank. Think you should go RB's first five rounds. No, I don't. I don't think you should ever appreciate running backs that much. Uh, Debo Samuel goes to pick twenty here. Of course, a lot of picks in between where I'm going, so I should probably talk about uh, the middle rounds here. Um, and running backs appreciate in this round too. Jonathan Taylor, do expect him to be very efficient this year with AR. Probably loses some goal line touches because Anthony Richardson is going to keep it on some of those plays and make it happen. Uh, HN, you know, some concerns about the risk for Mostert, but he was the most efficient running back in football in terms of the EPA metrics that I always talk about and swear by uh, for Sports Info Solutions. So for HN, again, another guy, I think that he's still in that cut range of, of running backs where I'm perfectly okay taking him and having him be your lead back. And really to me, you know, I, again, Taylor, I have the most reservations about just because I think AR being there changes the equation for him. But any of these first seven guys, I'm pretty okay with them being your anchor running back and feeling okay about it. All right. Will the thrill picks Tank Dell would have been a fun first wide receiver off the board for us. We won't get there. We could do something pretty crazy here. You know what? I still think DK Metcalf undervalued. I'd still believe that um, Seattle going to get the ball downfield more, much like their new offensive coordinator like to do in college, running things at Washington. So I'm going to go DK Metcalf, the first receiver pick. And I was thinking about going Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs was the move. I am going to take Diggs with the other one here. Obviously, I could have switched the order there, but I'm going to drive up DK Metcalf's ADP just for funsies. That's <laughs> how it goes. But Christian McCaffrey, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs. You know, I think really this team to me feels chalk, feels a little bit um, obvious in terms of like public guys who have been top picks for the last few years but I'm very happy to get the start here. I think that Diggs undervalued. Uh, Gabe Davis, again, not likely to come back to Buffalo as the most recent reports. Still would imagine the upgrade that number two receiver, but if they somehow don't, uh, if they find themselves capped out or if they think they just have enough of Khalil Shakir, and that Diggs is going to be a very undervalued player that should come up a little bit. And DK Metcalf, again, a guy I just think is going to benefit from an offense that might likely lose Tyler Lockett. Or you grade that on a probability scale. I'd say it's probably 50-50. They don't have Lockett back next year. Um, and even if so, you know, it's a new offense coming in. This is our first shot to get a Seattle offense that might be you know, completely reinvigorated in terms of what they're doing, in terms of getting the ball downfield, more force against the DK Metcalf. Uh, so I think there's two really good potential outs for him where Lockett doesn't come back and maybe this offense is overhauled and does treat DK Metcalf like Romo Dunze got treated for Washington. Uh, so I think that'd be a great outcome for DK Metcalf and why to me. Uh, pick 24 feels pretty good. 
All right, we got Chris Olave, Michael Pittman go. Two guys who I think would have been fine picks for me as well instead of DK Metcalf, but I went the way I went. I just think Metcalf, I would rather take the flyer on a young guy uh, getting maybe the handcuffs taken off him for the first time in his career because uh, Metcalf to me is just one of those guys where the workload has always been a little bit tough, and he's another one as well that has improved in terms of the EPA metrics. You know, was a guy that I think was more negative earlier in his career. Now he was a positive EPA guy. Uh, last year got to, where was he at? DK Metcalf. 0.25 EPA per target. So that'd be, you know, to give a relative comp would be less than a Jamar Chase, less than a Justin Jefferson, but still, you know, within about 0.1 or 0.01. Um, so that's something where I think that for, you know, DK Metcalf, I think you can make that leap upwards. Uh, it's a lot of things I think benefiting him in the soft season so far. It's running back start heavy is, is fire. Look, I, I like going McCaffrey at the one one If you can get it, I certainly, you know, I think if I were getting a preponderance of one ones I probably still wouldn't go like, yeah, let me take McCaffrey. You know, 16% of the time, like I did Justin Jefferson last year, but I like starting with McCaffrey. I think that, you know, the risk is certainly that he's getting another year older, another year, a lot of mileage on the tank. Uh, you know, certainly I think for him, uh, the pass game work and the run game work combined. And the fact too, that he is not the shiftiest guy in the world. McCaffrey, I think one of those running backs that, I was down. Let's see. He actually finished with an 18% avoided tackle rate in the run game last year. So that's a little bit higher than I would have thought for him. And I think kind of speaks to avoided tackle rate stuff that I talk about a lot here, where if you're going to get that many touches like a McCaffrey does, you have to be a little bit shiftier or you have to be able to really withstand the blows like a Joe Mixon, who is one of the guys I point to a 10% avoided tackle rate guy. It's just not the best if you're going to get 20 touches a game and you're also absorbing blow after blow, blow after blow. Uh, Mixon, you know, maybe it's preponderance for violence. <laughs> Makes him a little bit of a different uh, thing for himself. Uh, pension for violence, a better way to say that. A history of violence for Joe Mixon, you could say, if you want to quote a famous movie. Um, but I think in general, though, like for a guy like McCaffrey, 18% avoided tackle rate at his volume is actually pretty impressive. Um, it was definitely lower last year. And another year of age and being more shifty is kind of crazy to see. I worry about the Niners overall. I think that's like my biggest thing with them. Um, going to take them obviously at ADP if they align in the right ways. But I just think for them, you know, you're paying that premium price tag because we did just see them in the Super Bowl. I think there's been a lot of recency biases. We talked about the results from last season, more pronounced heading into a new season, um, more than they have in the last few years. But I think for the Niners too, it's just like they're very capped out. I think their window, it's not closed, but it's getting pretty close to closed um, in terms of like, you know, just the contracts, being able to maneuver that stuff. So that's my concern for the Niners is that like they kind of feel like they're due for a year, which is a little bit cursed. And, and some of the signs were there in the Super Bowl with them not being prepared for the overtime rules. Maybe some bad things to come, but that might be me being a little bit more of a worry wart, I guess, about a team that's just run about as hot as possible in every, you know, in every configurable way. Uh, besides, I guess, maybe some injury luck with Debo in the past. And you know, the guy's missing a few games. I feel like that's still positive injury luck. I love absorbing blow after blow. Yes, there we go. That's the kind of kind of chat you're only going to get on these best ball streams here. But uh, you can absorb all the blows you please as long as they're consensual and uh, and everybody's having a great time. <laughs> so it's always it's what we say you're on splash flag consensual and everybody's got to be having a great time. All right, zero one two zero. Don't think we need another running back. Rashad White again. I just have a lot of concerns about how that usage was down the home stretch last year. Uh, no obvious correlation. Could take the bet. Well, if we wanted to appreciate a running back, we could take Kenneth Walker. I think it's a double wide receiver spot. I like going two big spike week guys here. Going Jordan Addison 
And Romo Dunze, who questions will be answered about him next weekend when the wide receivers test. Uh, hopefully Odunze will actually commit, though I do think a guy like him would not shock me if he like didn't run the 40, didn't do a couple drills and saves him for his pro day in the hopes that he can get a little bit more speed for himself, get a little more uh, ability to practice that, which is something that sometimes you see that happen where guys don't test the combine and then the pro day they have about a month later because they want to be able to get a few more weeks of like hamstring work, the ability to do elastic band work, whatever they're doing, try to get themselves a little bit faster. So Odunze, I'm hoping we'll know his athletic profile next weekend. Uh, for right now, though, I'll take him at pick 49 because uh, I think that he pairs well. Diggs and Metcalf, two guys who have a role. Odunze and Addison, more of a spike week, guys. Let's get the likes up, people, please. Again, need your support now more than ever because uh, it's going to be more competitive with more and more streams coming. Now that Pete's back on, that's it's like the, the groundhog poking its head out. Uh, there's going to be a lot more streamers coming on uh, because of him being the signal here uh, for how that goes. but. Uh, I enjoyed watching Pete's first stream. Again, recommend checking that out too, but keep supporting Splash Play here against streams. Uh, drafts, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. every day is going to be the goal here on Splash Play. And it's tough because like last year, I used to try to avoid Pete's streams a little bit more this year, I think. We're just going to stick with our schedule and uh, focus on this building. Focus on the guys in the room. We're not going to focus on everybody else outside this building. Go full football coach mode. If projections for biggest combine winners, think biggest winners will be Leggett, Wright, McCarthy, um, yeah, McCarthy throwing in a, in a combine where two of the top guys are not going to throw reports. Now, uh, Caleb Williams, Jaden Williams, not going to throw at the combine. Marvin Harrison also apparently not even going to be in attendance, which is odd. I don't know. I guess he has nothing to lose, but definitely an odd change for him. Um, I think that with the, um, with the combine, if so, Roman Wilson is one that could benefit, I think following up on the senior bowl with like a four, three time frame could help. I'm not, that's not one of my guys, but I think he's one. Uh, Troy Franklin, I think could benefit. I think he's going to clock in pretty fast based on what I've seen. Uh, we'll see. Um, neighbors, I think could benefit even more. Uh, he's already, you know, being mocked to be a top five pick, but I think for him, he should run a very, very fast 40 time. I would think. Um, so for neighbors, he could benefit and also not having Harrison there. I think it'd be a positive. If he's going to be there. Um, Besides that, I, I'm not really sure of anyone. I think Bucky Irving could benefit because for some reason he's coming down in drafts. I noticed actually uh, during Peach Stream, he's at a 151 ADP. So estimates come up, which I agree with. I don't think Bucky should be coming down. Um, and I think he he has an outside shot of being very fast. And if he is, I think he could pick up some A-chan level steam. Um, but those are the guys that I like that I think have a shot. Um I'm hoping Senate. I'm hoping Senate tests well, uh, but that's definitely a risk point uh, for what one guy that I like at tight end. Uh, I suppose a Jaheim Bell, maybe a Jatavian Sanders, but I think Jaheim Bell at tight end uh, maybe could thrust themselves up. Somebody could win that number two tight end job, I think, or you know, draft capital expectation. Uh, I think that's very possible, and that's probably whoever wins athletically this weekend might be the guy who becomes number two. Uh, seeing Audric neck and neck with Bucky now, I just alternate between them as my RB four to five. I think that's fair. I think they're both, I mean, look, I would love to get a draft room with both of them. It's hard to do that now in terms of the ADPs, but, um, I think they're both appropriately priced, maybe a little bit low, honestly. Uh, but I like both guys a lot. And I think if they get decent draft capital, I'm expecting them to be day two guys, I would guess maybe worst case, uh, you know, third round. Um, I think that for both of them, they probably come up if they get okay landing spots where, it seems like they could win the role. Um, and both guys are healthy, uh, which is positive as well. A uh, thing that hurt guys like Kendra Miller last year was not being healthy, being able to be full go uh, from week one. So, so. 
Like Roman Wilson's a good shout. Thanks for the insights. Yeah, no, I, Roman Wilson, look, the steam has been there very much heavily from a lot of media people so far. So I think all it really needs is uh, is one of those things to come. And if and he's been fast enough, it looks like. So we'll see. Uh, but Roman Wilson, I definitely, you know, still a little bit of reservations there. It's just not a big enough sample size and he wasn't a great target earner, but we'll find out. Combine will be fun though. Next Saturday, I believe, is when all these skill position guys are going. And then it's, it starts, it's always funny, like, how it starts, like, Thursdays, like, uh, get some linebackers. <laughs> like, whoop-de-doo. All right, we got a 0-1-4-0 going. I think Brian Thomas could be a fun addition here. We are live, though, for the thing that I would like to do. I'm taking Brock Bowers with one of these picks. Brock Bowers, number one at tight end. <clears throat> Man, this is uh, an, an interesting spot. Why is Stroud so cheap? Stroud doesn't correlate with anything here. Tank and Nico already went. I don't think there's an out for us to get correlation with Stroud at this point. It's really cheap for Stroud, though. I'm going to keep appreciating running backs and take Derrick Henry as my RB2. The Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, 12 picks after ADP just about. I'm pretty cool with this running back room. So team so far, uh, two picks on the turn, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, wide receiver, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Addison, Romo Dunze, tight end Brock Bowers. I think that Henry gets one of the best free agent landing spots this year. If I had to guess, he and Josh Jacobs probably end up with the two best spots. Um, so I'm pretty cool taking Henry after ADP. I think Henry's going to be one of those guys that comes up uh, when, he, when people know where he's going to go. And I think right now, and him going another 12 picks after ADP. I feel like he's low at 61. I think it's 73. He's like way too low. Bauer's going to have a good combine too, I think. It's hard. Like he doesn't have a lot to gain, I think, with the combine. Uh, maybe he cements some things, but I don't know if he's going to be a burner. I think he'll do like well in the cone drill, I imagine. Like a lot of the quick burst kind of stuff. And it wouldn't shock me if his vert tested well. But I guess I wouldn't also be shocked if he tested a little bit slower than you'd like to see. And maybe the vert isn't crazy. Um but he's, he's got like a lot of functional strength and speed. I don't know that he is going to translate to, you know, full burst, but he's been a top prospect for years now. So we're going to find out. Like, I think that he's probably like, you know, he's probably tested well enough in the past. Like, I don't think you can't be unathletic and be, you know, the number one tight end prospect for years and also get the results he has. Uh, so I'm not worried about it. He doesn't have much to gain. I think just really what he has to gain is like shutting up people on social media who were like, oh, this guy, he looks like a fucking taxi. He looks like an accountant. Ah, ha, ha. And it's really the only thing he has to shut up at this point, I'd say. I was Pete doing a second draft. Wow, this guy. This guy coming from my head. Now we're, guys, we're the little engine that could basically. <laughs> we're competing against the juggernaut uh, as Pete Overs at. So uh, hit that like button, guys. Help us out. If you're watching after the fact too, feel free to leave a comment. Um, Fortunately, look, it's a competitive streaming atmosphere. Uh, but tomorrow, you know what? Tomorrow, I'll be all alone. So that's the main thing here. That's why we go Monday to Friday. Eventually, we don't have to compete with people who've been streaming for five years. Very competently and very entertainingly. Bowers is my highest owned player all in. I, I don't hate it, man. Uh, I think the tough part for me is he definitely has come up in ADP where, you know, him versus Kincaid, him versus Kittle, him versus Ingram, Andrews. There's questions there. I'm willing to take the upside, though. Um, a lot of uh, the Indianapolis beat guy who I like a lot, James Boyd, 
um, who did a really good job this year reporting, you know, on the Colts, who I started following very closely because Anthony Richardson, and I think I really enjoy his content. It seems like a nice guy, too. He's, like, gone through some hard stuff in life, but uh, enjoy his content if you want another athletic writer uh, that I approve of. They're all great, but I think James Boyd really enjoyed his work. Uh, he's been linking the Colts to Brock Bowers a lot, and I do think he has got pretty good sources in the building. Um, so... I don't think that would be a great outcome for Brock Bowers, to be honest. I think having another big target earner uh, like Michael Pittman, having downs in year two, you know, having Pierce and or an upgraded version of Pierce uh, playing outside, I don't love that fit for Bowers, even though obviously I am in the bag for big AR as one of his earliest supporters here in the world of internet content for fran or fantasy football in particular. Um, but yeah, I think the Bowers-Colts fit would not excite me that much and I think would probably drive his ADP down. I think he also goes a little bit earlier than 15, which I believe is where the Colts are picking. But um, if he did fall, that's that's probably one of his ceiling out or one of his floor outcomes. Or I think previously people before thought that like he might go to the Bengals in the late teens, wherever they're picking as like a worst case scenario. The problem, I mean, Bengals would have to trade up, I think, at this point. We shall see, though. A lot of things going to move around. Hopefully get some more solid reports from the combine trades starting to get a little more uh, rumors and innuendos out there. Uh, the news item, which uh, a lot of people tagged me in on social media and it also got on the discord, uh, but it got notifications everywhere today because people are dying for football news. Uh, T Higgins officially getting the franchise tag from the Bengals. Uh, he could hold out if he wants to. Doesn't seem like that's the case uh, based on early reporting that's been out there. So, uh, it's the thing we've talked about here for a few weeks. That was the expectation that Higgins would be back and Pittman would also be back uh, for the Colts. And it seems like the first one of those has already happened. And I would not be shocked if we hear about Pittman getting a tag uh, very soon. Al Boogie here in the three hole takes Troy Franklin. So the dream of my four rookies that I would like to get in a draft is dead. Of course, those for, uh, four rookies being Brock Bowers, Troy Franklin, Audrick Estimane, Jane Daniels. We will not get uh, that today. No obvious correlations here. QB is getting kind of ugly, honestly. Ugh, wide receiver, not my favorite pocket either. Deontay Johnson, okay. Ugh, I, I feel like I'm taking too much Deontay Johnson, but I think he's a little bit too cheap at this range in the late 90s. We're going to take him one more time to be my wide receiver five. Do I have an outcome? Odunze linked a lot to the Giants, which doesn't really do a lot for me right now. Could Jake Javante Williams, another potential bell cow back. DeAndre Swift, another potential free agent winner. Yeah, I'm just going to kick QB down the pike. I'm going to go with Javante Williams here. Don't love that. Herbert to the Chargers. Bowers. Oh, so, all right. That might have made sense. Um, I don't really want to... I don't know. The Chargers are so many questions. I guess if you're just making a bet on Herbert and Bowers, you can make a bet that that's just like a, a stack that's there. But you have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams as a question mark that likely a cap casualty, but if he's not. Um, and then you have the fact that you do expect the Chargers just to pass a little bit less this year. Going from Kellen Moore to Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman, pretty big drop off in pass rate over expectation, you would think. Um, and I don't even think they were really above expectation that much last year with Kellen Moore. Uh, so. That's where I have some concerns about just wanting to play Chargers stacks at all. If you get Keenan Allen, I think it's a logical approach. For Bowers, I'd rather play a more fun outcome. I still think Bowers to Carolina. 
I know, again, nobody's going to be the most excited for that one right now. But with Dave Canales there, with them overhauling things, I think going to make it a lot easier for Bryce Young to have success. And there's just a vacancy there for an actual top target earner. That's where I'd rather see Brock Bowers go the most. Like the Bengals, it's fine in terms of giving that ceiling a nice offense and all that, or that offense a nice ceiling rather. Um, but I'd rather see him go somewhere where he could just get 10 targets a game. Obviously, I feel that way about a lot of things. Um, actually, I actually didn't end up putting in PGA because the tournaments were filled. I did do um, MMA on Saturday, uh, which did pretty well for me, actually. Had a top 100 finisher in that one. Fortunately, had uh, the was a 1v1 away from the top finish in that. Uh, but yeah, I always use the Stochastic Sims for that, as I talk about on here. Uh, Stochastic Sims do a great job. Check it out for yourself. 15% off the promo code SPLASH. But yeah, I didn't get in the Mexico one because like I was I usually do my lineups basically like Wednesday night beforehand. and didn't realize I'd have to book in advance, so I did not get to do the Mexico Open or whatever it was. Uh, but MMA though, great. I, I think MMA too. Um, if you have the Sims, really a value add. Like basically, what I did for my MMA lineups was I knew that Brandon Moreno was going to be in every card, uh, in every lineup rather, because he was the main event, getting five rounds, top fight on the card, also top projected fighter. Um, so I just took Brandon Royval and all my top money stuff, and that ended up really helping out a lot. So I, I like the Sims a lot for that stuff. I, and for golf, I don't even pivot a lot there. Uh, M- NBA though, I got smoked yesterday. I did the early slate in NBA with the Sims. And I think got too cute with the ROI boosting up and down. So something to be mindful of for me. Um, but I really do think for just people don't use the Sims enough for MMA and for PGA and for NASCAR, um, those three in particular right now, uh, that I think you're going to really benefit by just putting in like a 20 max from the stochastic Sims. Um, it's just like people don't use them enough for NBA. They're like overused for MLB. I'm sure they're also going to be used by everybody for NFL. It was like really hard there. The guys like short gamer, one of our regulars here uh, had the million dollar win with the uh, stochastic Sims for NFL. Um, but just because people don't use them in MMA and PGA, it's like, it's very easy to cash and, and have a few that are like live to maybe take something down. And if you dedicate yourself to knowing even more, you probably could do better with them, but I don't, yeah, <laughs> I just go to the MMA and go like, all right, Everyone's going to play Moreno. I'll play the other guy. <laughs> and that's sometimes, sometimes DFS is unfortunately as simple as that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence going pick 109. Again, tough one here for the Trevor Lawrence fans. Seeing him drop 50 picks in ADP to probably where he should have been priced last year. Um, though I was okay with him in the 80s. I think him at 109, borderline a discount. Uh, though you have a lot of questions about his targets this year. Uh, I know Pete was talking about Zay Jones, who's possibly a cap casualty. Uh, Ridley is a free agent. I think there's a shot that they bring him back, but uh, I can't say for sure. He also wasn't that great last year. Uh, maybe you could benefit by trying to target just Ingram and Kirk and then hope that you do get an outcome where Ridley isn't back. Zay Jones is cut. Uh, but I think for Lawrence, you know, the question's about the stack aside. 109 is probably too cheap for him. Really, again, I've said this before, though. QB in general, like any of these guys here, like we talked about the early running backs, take one of them, you feel okay about it. Obviously, it sucks to miss out on a wide receiver. For QB, I don't really want to know what you're missing out on here besides the occasional Troy Franklin or a running back who could have some a decent free agent outcome like Swift, guy that could move up a lot, Chase Brown. But like you're getting Brock Purdy, 90, you know, Kyler, 91, Love, 87, Herbert, 106. Really nice pocket here to grab two QBs. If you are new to the big board world, um, I think you can make a nice QB lineup and, and just entirely from this range. Caleb Williams goes 114. Guy gets stacked a lot with Bears. I've noticed in big board teams. Uh, DJ Morgan, Caleb Williams, not going all the time, but probably a logical sack to take. Uh, if you're not getting DJ Morgan, Caleb Williams, you could still take a shot uh, that the commanders trade up, maybe go with uh, McLaurin and Caleb Williams. But 
I would say for me right now, I definitely think that stacking up more with Caleb, I would just fly with that. All right. We do get one QB here. My first QB off the board, Jaden Daniels, come on down. Let me think through pick two before I make the selection though. Don't really know what Jaden Daniels would correlate with here. Uh, I guess Minnesota potentially one spot that I would like for him, uh, but that is what we're going to play. I'm just going to make the pick on Jaden Daniels. Pick two, I think I could go a lot of different directions. Wide receiver probably makes the most sense at this point. Uh, is Dotson going to be any better? I guess we could make the bet that Washington does the smart thing and takes Jaden Daniels over Drake May. Could also take an RB4 and feel really good about that position. I am going to go... I'm going to go with Dotson and try to play the Jaden Daniels to Washington route. think that makes for a good six wide receiver room that we can dial back on for now. Uh, we add Jaden Daniels. We add Jahan Dotson. Team so far, Jaden Daniels at QB. Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Javante Williams. Again, an aged running back room, but too cheap for Henry. Javante, probably appropriately priced. DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Addison, Romo Dunze, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson. I think we have a good mix here of ceiling guys with floor guys, and there's no more of a floor guy than <laughs> Jahan Dotson. But I think last year, you know, we're changing over everything. I'm willing to take a flyer on Dotson. New coaching staff, new opportunity, new QB. Um, things think things are going to be looking better for him, hopefully. Can even go May later. That's, that's another thing I was thinking, but wasn't going to say out loud. But I think Chunk Deduce, dead on here. Daniel Sadatson makes sense. It's a potentially unique stack. That's what I'm hoping. Um, still would prefer to get McLaurin uh, with a Jaden Daniels in terms of that theoretical Washington stack. Uh, just because, and honestly, I think for Drake May too, you know, McLaurin quietly might be one of the biggest beneficiaries of the draft. And it might be worth prioritizing McLaurin with where he's going right now. Because he's going, I mean, he went 55 here. I've seen him go in the 60s. His usual ADP is what? 57. Like McLaurin's probably the biggest beneficiary if they take Jaden Daniels or Drake May because both guys are very willing deep ball guys. Like Dotson's going to benefit a little bit. Um, but Dotson and Samuel, if they're the wide receivers they roll with again, uh, Samuel they can move on from. I thought they were going to move on from him last year uh, based on the contract savings. But I think that, I think McLaurin's just underpriced right now because of that thing. Because it's not something people have accounted for yet. But if I had to guess, McLaurin probably comes back up to low 40s. If he, if there's a thing that's going to happen most likely anyway, if they take one of May or Daniels or I guess Caleb, like they could take any of those three guys and it's going to be an improved situation for McLaurin. I should be, I, I should prioritize McLaurin more. Jason short stacked Williams. Are we talking? Did you do Caleb? Oh, okay. Oh, you're Bombadil. Okay. Uh, so Jason short here kicks uh Cole Komet with Caleb Williams. So he is getting his theoretical, a uh, bear stack. But yeah, I think that's, I, I actually, I've talked myself into Terry McLaurin here. How did McLaurin do last year? Obviously that was a terrible situation for Washington. Um, Howell was a willing deep ball thrower, but the offense just really did not scheme it for him. Uh, despite that, McLaurin's still a positive EPA on the year, 0.04 uh, EPA per target. Would definitely like to see that higher. I believe last year he was like a 0.3 EPA per target guy. So uh, did, did not keep up the, the trajectory there, but I think that's Washington's fault more than it is. Uh, McLaurin's Dotson negative 0.2 EPA per target last year. Uh, really bad target per out run rate for him too, 13.5%. So with Dotson, the hope is it's just a whole new world for him. Full little mermaid style.
but he was not good last year. Definitely regressed. If they signed Ridley, they would owe Atlanta a second round pick, but if they franchise tag him, would keep it or would jump to a third round pick. I have not keeping, kept up, uh, kept up, Jesus, on the machinations of Calvin Ridley's contract enough. I've not heard of that being a thing before, though, where there's that kind of contract language. Because if he's a free agent, like, there shouldn't be terms related to that, I would think. But I don't know. Shout out Marie Don Yeezy. Yes, good to see some familiar names back in here. New names as well. Glad to see you guys in here. Subscribe down below. Hit that like button against Splash Play. Uh, again, more streams coming up here, which is a great thing for you guys having some more choices, things to watch. But we're still the engine that could here doing streams five days a week, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. So please subscribe down below. Hit that like button and leave a comment if you're watching after the fact. Uh, help things, you know, help the algorithm know that we're a channel that's valued and appreciated. That's always the goal here. Of course, Underdog as well, uh, renewing with them for another year. Very excited to be uh, feeling more appropriately appreciated by, by the Underdog uh, family over there. But uh, go use that promo code SPLASH, double your deposit to 100 bucks, and hopefully uh, we'll have some new things coming up for you guys who already uh, subscribed or you know paying on Underdog. Uh, that's what I tried to get from them. And looking, not, not going to be a re-up bonus, but I'm hoping that we can get some site credits coming uh, at some point this year on Splash Play. So always working for you guys here as best we can. Pick coming up in a few. Uh, some guys that I think are undervalued at this point. Jerome Ford, we've talked about a lot here. Uh, Nick Chubb, possible cut candidate, more likely a contract uh, renegotiation situation for him. Uh, but for Ford, do you think that he'll have the best shot to be useful in that first eight weeks of the season? Uh, with Chubb recovering from the ACL tear. So uh, for Ford, I think just undervalued at that range. Roshan, 128, uh, likely going to be the lead back in Chicago. Uh, though we'll see. They still have Cleo Herbert there. Definitely fine drafting him too. Uh, Drake May is going to be one of my picks here, by the way. Obviously, no surprise what we talked about, uh, but he is going to be my QB2. So we are covered on both potential outcomes, it would seem, for Washington. Don't really like Trey Benson. Khalil Herbert, I'm okay with. Think Bucky Irving ends up being a combine winner. I'm going to go Bucky Irving. And I kind of think Trey Benson will be a combine loser, but we'll we'll see how that goes. I don't feel confidently enough to plant a flag for it. But I think that based on what you see in the numbers and also the film for both guys, I think Bucky Irving very likely to have a lot more juice. Going to have less size than Trey Benson. I guess the one thing that could be bad for him, but he's going to have uh, Bucky Irving. I anticipate having like a Jameer Gibbs level of juice. Um, and then for just for the sake of being complete here, some of the numbers for Bucky Irving, uh, in case you're not familiar with him, and frankly, not enough people might be based on the fact that his ADP has been coming down. I want a few guys who I think is good as ADP is coming down. 0.2 EPA per rush last year at Oregon, 17.8 uh, opportunities per game. So he was getting a good amount of work, uh, though not 20 plus a game, though really in this draft class, only a handful of guys get over 20 touches a game, and a lot of them are not that good. And one of them, Jonathan Brooks, coming off an ACL tear. Uh, Bucky Irving, 34% avoided tackle rate in his run play, so very good numbers there. Uh, 3.8 yards after contact, so not the biggest guy. His listed weight is 5'10", uh, 195, or listed size. Uh, so he is small, uh, tough to be under 200 pounds, but Jameer Gibbs just showed that you can do that and be useful. Uh, Bucky Irving in the past game was a minus EPA receiver, uh, slightly negative, uh, negative 0.01 there, but a 38% avoided tackle rate in the past game. Got 2.7 red zone rushes a game as well. Was perfectly fine with them. Uh, 0.21 EPA per rush in the red zone. Point is, Bucky Irving is like a legit running back who has a lot of juice in the pass game. Uh, should be able to see the field, I would think, pretty early. And the hope is going to be that he does, you know, meaningfully get draft capital and can be a guy that hopefully can be your H-hand this year. Uh, but we'll see. 
Estime uh, goes a pick after him here to Al Boogie. Um, Estime, another back, of course, that I like a lot here. I would say in terms of like a traditional running back, in terms of the size, in terms of the ability to get you, you know, bell cow level work and not have a concern. Estime, I would think, is the more likely outcome. But Bucky Irving, in terms of a more modern NFL where you see smaller guys, uh, you see Jameer Gibbs, again, be a guy that we're taking comfortably, putting on thumbnails, taking in the first round. Uh, for Bucky Irving, I think he's a more modern NFL guy that you're hoping a lot of his runs come out of, you know, shotgun formation kind of stuff. Um, but Estime, again, I, I've compared him before. I think he's like fit Leonard Fournette. Like if Leonard Fournette really cared and went really hard from the moment that he was in LSU, um, that's the outcome that you hope for for Estime with a little bit more pass game juice, I think. Lads off the board, Dag Nabbit, best channel on YouTube. Thank you, Gabe Davis. If we are the official channel of Gabe Davis, a man is going to get an uncomfortable amount of free agency money for a lot of you folks out there. Uh, then I feel good about that. The only show as well with multiple NFL players and NBA players. We have LeBron James in the chat. Sometimes we have Gabe Davis. Um, I feel like, who's, isn't there another person with a receiver name? <laughs> I feel like at this point, our guy Adam should change his name to Lad McConkey on here. Uh, we got a lot of guys who are officially pros. Just coming in to hang out, do some best ball drafts. Uh, Jeff, Jeff has been preaching to the choir with a lot of things that he said this year, and this might be one of them. I think the slow slot wide receivers, Lad, Corley, Mal, uh, Malik Washington, Cowing should be combined winners largely since the projection expectations are relatively low. I think Corley's got a better shot of being fast. Um, I know our guy, Adam does cape for Lad potentially being four, four. Uh, he had previously said four, three, and I think he's walking back to four, four speed. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, if any of them shows any bursts, they have a shot. I think Corley's got a shot to have the most juice. Uh, just very fun after the catch, Malachi Corley, though. I don't think that showed a lot in the stats. Um, let me see. Corley, I'm on the running backs. Need to go to wide receivers. Now, Corley had nine yards after catch last year. The issue is just, again, as we talked about a lot with Malachi Corley, very high target per out run rate, but just like getting targets very low, about five air yards per attempt. Um, so that's the issue for Corley that you see. Um, but you know, whatever, <laughs> like, I think that Corley out of all the slot guys, probably my favorite because the ability to earn targets is really important. I, I know again, our guy, Adam loves lad. Um, other people out there love Malik Washington. These guys just didn't earn targets at a high enough rate to feel confident in it. Corley for whatever his flaws may be in terms of depth of target, you know, 35% target per outrun is no joke. I guess Malik Washington was at 34.6%. I just, I don't know. Malik Washington is not bad. I just feel like he's a little bit of a scam. He went to he, like, he played in Virginia, right? Like, I don't know. I guess okay level of competition. I'd rather have Corley than Malik Washington. I think I'd rather have Malik Washington than Ladd. Um, but yeah. Yeah, expectations are low. Expectations are low indeed. Uh, I mean, and Ladd for 2023 did not do enough to qualify at the top 200 receivers in a bunch of different categories. So um, I had his 2023 data where he looked like, I don't know, poor man's Josh Downs, which is probably his best case outcome. Uh, but people are going to stand for him. You know, Georgia has a lot of people that I think, uh, a lot of people like Cape for Georgia, which I get. All right. So we're playing Washington outcomes for Daniels and Drake May, but Washington doesn't really have a tight end uh, that makes sense to pick here. Could add Curtis Samuel, though. I think he's he's getting more likely to be a cut candidate by the year. Um, Xavier Leggett could be a combine winner. I'm taking Leggett here. I just think he's worth it at this point for a 247 build. 
And I'm actually going to take Keaton Mitchell. I could really pin down the Niners backfield and handcuck McCaffrey with Eli Mitchell. But I, and I guess make a bet too that Eli Mitchell finally gets back to having some workload. Uh, but I don't know that I want to make a bet on that. Keaton Mitchell, I think at this point, given the backfield we have, he's covered for his ACL tear recovery. We have McCaffrey, we have Derrick Henry, we have Javante. Those guys carry the early part of the workload no matter what. And then Bucky Irving and Keaton Mitchell, you know, Bucky could be available early, could be playing early. The expectations these guys, you know, pick up work later on in the year and make some value there. Uh, so team so far, Jane Daniels, Drake May, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, Bucky Irving, and Keaton Mitchell on our running back appreciation day here. Uh, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Addison, Romo Dunze, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Xavier Leggett, and then Brock Bowers, a tight end. All right. I mean, I like the team. I think that maybe a little too much capital at wide receiver, but I think I, I might need to adjust my priors because with where we took Metcalf and Diggs, these guys are priced lowly enough that if that's where they're priced now, um, even if I think they're undervalued, I think we used draft capital correctly at wide receiver. How am I liking Javon Baker? Javon Baker is one of those guys I feel like everybody else seems to be talking up a lot, and he did not really meaningfully grade out for me. Um, I don't know. There's a few of those guys, though. Like Jalen Wright's another one who I think is okay, but like really small sample size in terms of the amount of uh, volume he had. Um, those two, I think, are ones with uh, Javon Baker and with Jalen Wright that I'm not there like other people are there, but I certainly get why uh, people are, I don't know. I think people are kind of hive minding around certain guys, honestly. But Baker's fine. You know, competition was there. Just looking at all my data sheets. I'm looking at all these guys. I have to like, I think I have to give my data sheets another update too, because the draft capitals moved around. Not some guys like officially not going to be in the draft. The one guy I definitely still don't like is Jamari Thrash. I feel it comes up in every draft stream I watch that isn't mine. And Jamari Thrash, uh, just low EPA per target, not a big target earner, not the guy for me. Mm -mm. I'm looking at Javon Baker's numbers again. His flaw is that he was really bad downfield. That's why I don't like Baker. Uh, 2.3D targets per game, which is good. 0.48 EPA would be really low. We're talking about uh, we're talking about one fifth of Taj Washington, which is an unfair metric compared to, uh, you're talking about half of a Brian Thomas. Um, actually no worse than that. Uh, one fourth of a Brian Thomas, one third of a Marvin Harrison downfield, one third of Malik neighbors downfield. Um, even worse than Romo Dunze downfield. So that's where I have some issue with Javon Baker. Uh, what would you consider a win at Lad's Combine? Um, I don't know. Everybody else not showing up. <laughs> I guess I guess would be the biggest win for him if he's the only one out there. Uh, I don't know. It kind of feels like some players maybe not taking the Combine. Seriously, we always have a few guys to sit out. Bryce Young last year uh, sat out, and obviously uh, he had some very credible reasons why he was sitting out. Um, only made him look smaller. Probably didn't help the uh, perception of him. And honestly, you can make the case that Bryce Young sitting out last year and not competing when AR and Stroud were there throwing bombs. And even uh, like, he, who else was the fucking, even Stetson Bennett was like throwing some bombs out there. I think it's the, it was where kind of people started to sour on Bryce Young. Uh, but I think with guys like Caleb Williams, you know, Jane, Dan, Jane Daniels, like they're so entrenched. Jane Daniels won the Heisman. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Uh, they're going top three to five, no matter what. I get why those guys are sitting out, but I think there's something just going out there and competing. Um, so, you know, 
Vlad going out there competing and other guys not, I think is the biggest way you could win. Like genuinely. I think it's been confirmed he's sitting out. I mean, maybe it's still a rumor level, but I, I saw it this morning in some report on social media, seeming like it was like he was for sure going to sit out, uh, which I get, you know, again, he doesn't have to show anything. And I also think that MHJ, um, another guy too, that kind of think it would not shock me if Odunze doesn't run the 40. We'll see. Uh, for MHJ, I think he might be a guy too, where, you know, if, if, he, if he's his dad to the level that it seems like so far, uh, besides, you know, the gang violence and such, uh, <laughs> it seems like he might test a little bit slow at the combine. And if that's the case, you know, he might be taking those extra weeks to get to like a four, you know, hopefully high four fours, uh, maybe even a four five range uh, when he does test at his pro day. Uh, but he might just be slow. It wouldn't shock me if he were a little bit slow. I think he's great. I think the body control's there. I think he can test, you know, mid four fours, but um, he's got to do it. So we'll see. All right. I think that Hunter Henry. So well, interesting thing you could do here. I was thinking for a second about a Will Levis chick, a Conquo stack. Just because I do think that Tennessee is going to be a better team this year. And that's another interesting way for me to get tight end correlation. But Hunter Henry might be the guy who goes to Washington free agency. So that's where, that's where I'm a little bit conflicted. I'm actually going to take Hunter Henry and try to make the assumption that he ends up as Washington's free agent tight end. And Chig is going to be improved in Tennessee, you would think, with just having an offense less dog shit. We do have the Geno correlation for free at this point, though. Round 17, Geno. Geno's coming back, restructured his deal to make it less uh, egregious for Seattle. So seems like he's committed to the new organization. So we're going to add our correlation here for Geno and DK Metcalf. And I think there's a shot they bring in competition for Geno. Maybe reopen the competition with Drew Locke, which, ugh. Uh, but I think that that's... Still the most likely outcome is Geno being back and thrown to DK Metcalf. So team so far, Jane Daniels, Drake May, Geno Smith at QB, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Javante Williams, Bucky Irving, Keaton Mitchell at running back, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Addison, Romo, Dunze, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Xavier Leggett at running back, and a tight end, Brock Bowers and Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry, we are specifically taking in the hopes that he goes to Washington and becomes the tight end there. Because I can't imagine... They want to run Logan Thomas back for another year, even though Logan Thomas was fine last year. Uh, he is, was hanging on by a thread. I think that's enough. Win for Lad being the only short white guy running in wind sprints, he'll look scrappy. There you go. Yeah, if he, again, if he's like really fast too, like if he's like four, three, five fast and he's a white guy, people are going to like, it, it's fucking gross. But that, <laughs> that is probably a thing that would matter more for Lad uh, than it would for some other guys out there. 4-3-5 would matter for a lot of guys. I guess if Vlad runs a 4-4, four, four, then it's probably going to be like, whoa, like deceptively fast. <laughs> Lad McConkey. I can't believe how much Adam makes me, <laughs> has turned this into a Lad McConkey uh, debate and discourse channel when I don't think he's that good. But more power to him. Thoughts on Raiders QB? I think Russ is going to get musical chaired there at this point. Uh, feels like Pittsburgh, maybe not for him, even though I thought that was a decent potential outcome for him. Um, Atlanta feels like that's getting less likely. Seems like a rookie there or Justin Fields. Um, I would say for the, but then I guess the Raiders too. Raiders could be live for Fields if Fields doesn't get Atlanta. So I, I really, Russ could get musical chaired out. There was a report I saw on social media. I don't know how credible it was. So, you know, report, you can put in quotation marks. I uh, saying that he's willing to like, if he gets cut to tape, to play somewhere that he can start for the veteran minimum. 
um, which does feel like a rust thing that can happen, even though that's not usually how QB play goes. Uh, so we'll see, because if he signs for the minimum, then a team that takes him on basically has no skin in the game for him and could also then just have a rookie that beats him out in camp. And that would make Russ look even worse. So I don't think that's actually a thing that would happen. Uh, but did see that on Twitter. That's a good point. Yeah, Fields to Luke Getze, probably not going to happen. So for Fields, if Fields doesn't get Atlanta, I don't know. I don't know where Fields goes if he doesn't get Atlanta. Minnesota's still live too, though I do think to me, Minnesota being the stopgap for J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels, or, you know, or maybe they trade up and get Jaden Daniels, I think would still be the best outcome for them. Definitely a lot of moves. I feel like there's a few too many QBs for, you know, a few too few jobs, really. And, and in the NFL, I feel like that hasn't been the case the last few years where pretty clear, like, oh, these teams have five openings. There's only X amount of free agents. None of them can really start. You know, this year, you can make a case for Russ. I, I, he wasn't as bad as Denver wanted you to believe last year. Um, I think he wasn't the issue on Denver. It was that defense that was so bad. Um, but I think for him, you know, he probably deserves to start somewhere. Maybe Russ, could Russ go to New England? Is that a thing? Because I, st I still like the Pats trading out of the three spot, not seeing a QB there and going to a Russ would not, like they're not changing the organization enough for New England that I don't, like, I think that old Patriots things are still in play. I don't know. Gamble seems a New England guy, but yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think it's a possibility. It feels like a New England thing to do. I think JJ McCarthy too would be, you know, elevated version of what they've uh, wanted in the past with Mac Jones. I am thinking a third tight end here in Noah Fant uh, definitely can move in free agency, but if he doesn't, you know, he's probably getting a decent role in a downfield skewing offense. He's going to block a lot. I would think still, but uh, Noah Fant first pick off the board for me and this two picks on the turn. I could take a share of Javon Baker and the uh, the chance that I'm wrong, I guess. Could I'll say Chris Rodriguez in the shot that he wins the Washington backfield, which I don't mind. Chris Rodriguez, RB6. Not my favorite pick for Chris Rodriguez. I think he would have been a better pick if the coaching staff from last year had stayed because it did feel like later, like later in the season they really wanted to give him a shot. Uh, but Chris Rodriguez coming in, ambiguous backfield. He and Brian Robinson competing for that role along with whatever draft capital they bring in. Uh, but we assume they don't take anybody at running back. Probably looks a little bit better. And frankly, with Dan Quinn coming in, I would think the commanders, again, think they're taking a QB at number two, but I would say a lot of their draft picks likely going to be defensively skewing, I would think, even though they're probably going to take one or two pivots for a wide receiver, maybe a tight end. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff really, Jeff really pumping my bags, and I appreciate that. I mean, shade to the Pats is more boner deflating than the first time I saw the floor. Monty. I mean, look, you know, if you want to see men being empowered, I think that's great <laughs> for the full Monty. Uh, for MHJ, yeah, I mean, look, the one thing, you know, they're bringing in Alex Van Pelt as their offensive coordinator. You know, the Browns last year under Alex Van Pelt did feed outside wide receiver pretty well and frankly also, you know, found a way to create Njoku production and Elijah Moore production enough, though Moore, I think, benefited uh, mostly when Cooper was off the field. So, if you're going to make a bet based on offensive coordinator, you know, Alex Van Pelt, I don't think is one of the young, sexy QBs that I would highlight, you know, like a Dave Canales, like a Kellen Moore to some extent. Um, but I think that he can create a competent offense that's going to be, you know, run dominant, but still, you know, can feed guys that are alpha target earners. So I, I don't think if MHJ goes to New England, he's dead. It's just, you know, maybe a little bit less fun than Arizona. 
But I think Arizona still too, like, you know, Arizona's going to run the ball and try to keep a lot of low risk plays. Like I, you know, we've talked a lot about Trey McBride in the stream uh, that he was basically Arizona's wide receiver one last year. It's part of why he's probably a little bit overvalued in ADP currently, but also, you know, like they were a team that was not taking downfield starts to Marquise Brown, even when he was healthy, they weren't really getting the ball downfield meaningfully. It was a lot of runs with Dobbs and a lot of runs with Kyler and a lot of short throws, a lot of check downs to James Conner, a lot of short throws to McBride. So Arizona could be like a low key gross spot for MHJ too that we don't realize yet. So I, I, I wouldn't write off one for the other personally. Enough changes for New England that you never know. I talked about Braylon Allen before. Um, he's big. That's the main thing. A uh, little bit shiftier than uh, some guys we've talked about here. Blake Horam, you know, small, not shifty. Uh, for whatever, Braylon Allen may not be good. And I do think Blake Horam is a better back overall than Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen much bigger and has a higher avoided tackle rate. So I think in terms of what you're looking for in a pro back, I think that we see a little bit more, or I see a little bit more uh, for a guy like Braylon Allen uh, than a Blake Corum, but you know, he was less efficient. So that's the main thing. But yeah, he's, he's the biggest back. Like I think the best fit for him is going to the Packers and being the AJ Dillon replacement. And that way it's like, okay, we're giving these touches that were AJ Dillon's where we gave it to him because he had enormous quads. And he wasn't good at anything else. Uh, good at streaming video games, perhaps not a reason to give a guy goal line touches. Uh, for Braylon Allen, if he goes to get the same workload, he's probably going to be a little more efficient in the run game. He's not going to be worse in the pass game. If anything, he might make it better for Aaron Jones because he's not going to be like a great pass game back and they don't have to talk themselves into that. So I think that's still my favorite fit. And, you know, then the Wisconsin thing too for Braylon Allen, I don't know. Appropriate fit for the Packers. Should go to Tennessee and become Derrick Henry. But again, Tennessee is not Tennessee now because they changed over everything. So that's like the biggest thing to keep in mind is that like Tennessee, I don't think has a Derrick Henry now because they're changing over everything. It's a new offensive coordinator, a new coach. Um, everything's going to be different. So like you want these guys to go potentially to a team where they're filling in a role for a coach where you know the scheme and all of that. Um, so yeah, I think that there is, I will, I think that Ty J Spears is very live to have that role because it's going to be you know, more of a Joe Mixon style running back based on what we saw from Brian Callahan and uh, Cincinnati. So that's a key thing to keep in mind too, with like the coaching moves, like where did this coach come from? What do they do? It's not always going to be one-to-one because a uh, coach might've been forced to run an offense. They didn't want to run you know, previously at their last stop. Uh, but generally like the offenses look pretty close, you know, from where they were gen you know, the last year. And ambiguous backfields because the new coaches, uh, one of the big values. That's probably why Chris Rodriguez is a little bit too cheap. Uh, because Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn could fall in love with Rodriguez and think that Brian Robinson sucks, and you just don't know until until they're there. We have a three six seven three pretty evenly balanced team. Really think any position here would work, uh, but we wasted enough draft capital at running back that I think a seventh you know seventh running back might be a little bit overkill. Uh, don't want a fourth QB. Don't want a fourth tight end. God, is there anybody else? Take a shot on Taj Washington, just an elite deep ball guy. Hard to see him earning enough targets to matter. Um, but, you know, he could be the kind of guy that goes to Washington as a replacement for Curtis Samuel. Uh, so final team, I'll read it aloud here. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Geno Smith, at QB, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, Bucky Irving, Keaton Mitchell, and Chris Rodriguez. Uh, nice mix of ADPs here on our running back appreciation day where we got McCaffrey at the 101. Works out well for a rare day where I'll be taking running backs early. 
Uh, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Addison, Romo, Dunze, Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Xavier Leggett, Taj Washington. So we're making a generalized bet here on the commanders in the hopes that one of Drake May and Jaden Daniels goes there. Very likely one of them does. Uh, but that's the logic for having a guy like Jahan Dotson here. And uh, hopefully one of these other rookies goes to Washington as well. Uh, Brock Bowers, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant. Commanders can't get Brock Bowers too, right? That'd be very fun for the commanders if they got one of the elite rookie QBs, uh, Jay Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and added Brock Bowers. But uh, Brock Bowers will assume that he goes to Seattle here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're assuming here, but it's going to correlate somehow. That's the hope here. Of course, Splash Play doing drafts here every single day, Monday to Friday at 11 a.m. Just one draft a day. Playlist on the channel if you want to go see more of them. Of course, talk about the news, talk about all the items here. So make sure you are subscribed. Uh, with the Combine coming up, there's going to be a lot more news to discuss on a daily basis, and I do my best to be OCD about reading everything, everything on social media, everything that has a credible article about there, uh, out there about it. So Join us on the journey here, Draft 20 today, and hundreds more to come on the channel over the course of the summer. Underdog promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to 100 bucks. Support them, of course, putting us, uh, helping us put on the show here for another year. Stochastic, uh, NBA going off today, as I always talk about, their Sims tools are great. Uh, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, very easy to get in lineups there. And uh, in sports where people are not using the tools enough, and it makes it easy for you to have profitable days. Use Stochastic's data for yourself and their tools, and use promo code SPLASH, save 50%. Check the link in the description to do the same thing. Probably as well, my baby. Go check that out for yourself. 50% off with the promo code SPLASH. And also, if you download probably in the App Store, you get a seven-day free trial for yourself. So choose your weapon there. 50% off at probably.com slash subscribe to the promo code SPLASH or go on the App Store, seven-day free trial. And if you also leave five stars and a review on probably on the App Store, you're entered to win a guest hosting spot on Splash Play. And right now, we've had two people doing it. So uh, one of them is going to get a guest spot in March. The other one's going to get one in May, but or rather whatever it's after <laughs> April. That's right. That's how months go. March, April, May. Uh, but that's how it is there. So check it out for yourself. Five stars interview for probably on the app store. And you can do that. And uh, the thank you list is enormous. So if you want to get on the growing thank you list, I don't know, I'm going to read all these names on Friday, but we're going to do it. So hit the join button now below $4.99 a month. And actually some exciting things to talk about there. Actually going to start doing written content for our members. I have to figure out how I'm going to put it out. But my goal is after the combine, first Spags rankings run and some written content coming out, I think at least once a week, uh, maybe more than that. But uh, that's going to be part of your membership perks. So join now, $4.99 a month and help us grow this growing squirt squad by the day. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Back tomorrow for another draft. So I'll see you guys then. Enjoy your days and good luck. Bye.